we'll just talk a little. We'll talk about Flaming Lips, the record, and then when we get into playing the songs, Barry will play a little bit. Uh, you know, and it, it may sound a little wonky now, but he'll he puts the actual song in later on. Yeah. Well, he did the. Oh yeah, the Grifters. Who but I don't so know lo- how sophisticated the, we were then. The lo-fi. The Grifters are so lo-fi. It didn't really. Yeah. Well, this is too. I, I think you. I'm getting the sense of your. Yeah. This is a your, lot less lo-fi. What than your this wheelhouse is, is though. Yeah, we went. We went into and we, their lyrics are available too this time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I remember. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. We had a tough time. All right, you, you, you ready to get into this? Okay. Yeah. All right. Welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. Who are you? Uh, oh, this is Rob. That's Rob Elba. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Same uh, guy. Okay. Same two guys that have been coming to you every week. Since 2018, uh, talking about records. And For 127 weeks. There you go. Wow, look at that. Uh, we have Barry, before anything else, we have a new Patreon shout out to our newest patron, Mr. Brent Rivas. Thank you, Brent. Welcome to the That Record Got Me High family, Brent. You two could go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show. Uh, look yeah. it out. There's different tiers you could do. And it's just basically, you know, to help us, you can get a shout out. You get, uh, if you go to a higher tier, you can get stickers. We haven't gotten the, the, uh, the uh, spend a day with Robin Barry. That's not a tier yet, but mm. maybe uh, we'll hold off on that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, might be. Once you get the COVID wear out first. Right. <laughs> and that could be the punishment <laughs> tier. Like if you. <laughs> You do something. If bad. you don't become a patron, then right. you automatically right. you have to you spend have to, a day. Right. If if you don't if you don't become a patron, we're going to just pull random names out of a hat, and you have to spend a day. Uh, and you exactly. have to spend a day. Right. That's good. I actually like that. Or you have to do some piecemeal work for us and give us the money. <laughs> All right. Like, that other you're hearing. Uh, if you're hearing another voice besides me and Barry, that is our guest today, Mr. Chris White. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hi, Rob. Hi, Barry. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy to be you're back. a two-time. You know, Chris, if you get uh, five appearances on the show, you get it. We punch a card and, and you get a free sub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Jimmy Jones. Well, let's not get carried away. All right, Chris, uh, what did you bring to the That Record Got Me High table today? Oh, um, well, uh, you know, I thought we'd go a little bit, not exactly uh, full-on commercial rock compared to what we did last time, but something we can get our sink our teeth into from a production standpoint yeah. um, that's a, a lot more, um, shall we say... Actually produced? Produced, yes. <laughs> yes. Does not um, sound like it was recorded on cassette in the middle yeah. of a, a cassette sitting on the middle of a room. But um, I wanted to kind of stay in the same era, which is, uh, you know, 90s college rock. This is uh, the record uh, in a priest driven ambulance by the Flaming Lips. Yeah. All right. And it's many people consider it their greatest accomplishment. So this is not, you know, they, they, they've got a, put out a lot of records now, or Wayne has. They his, have. Now, were you, Chris, were you a fan? Well, Wayne and Michael. Right. right. Exactly. Wayne and Michael, yes. Uh, were you a fan of them before this record, or was this the record that, uh, that you became Well, if I can tell my sort of origin history with the Flaming Lips, it's Do kind it. of... Do that's it. right. It's I got to put Simple the Bossa Nova music under something, so let's go. And, uh, it, I started uh, college in 1988. Um, I quickly met uh, a fellow student and somebody who would become a lifelong friend of mine, uh, a gentleman named Chris Delelio, who was from Delaware. We met in a uh, freshman sociology class, Sociology 101. And um, we just kind of like looked at each other and we're like, oh, you look cool, you look cool. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I, know that. I know that guy. Um, and he, he was a big Flaming Lips fan. And he said, oh, you know, by the way, the Flaming Lips are playing the campus thing right. uh, in a couple weeks. We should go. I was like, 
my first show on campus. So um, at that the, at was the, at the club down under. At the club down under, yes, in Tallahassee. And um, shortly during that same time, I started working at the radio station and DJing. Um, that, that was uh, WBFS. That's right. And still is WBFS, still going strong. Um, <clears throat> and I, I was in training, and the DJ uh, that was training me handed me a piece of vinyl. I didn't know what it was, but it was completely clear. And he said, play the third song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, carefully, and that was, carefully course, count uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, a, it's the Flaming Lips uh, record, which is the first time I heard them on record. And I was instantly smitten. So um, they've been a real favorite of mine um, for a long time. And, uh, you know, I'll admit that uh, their output probably, you know, since before the Yushimi record and all that was, yeah. Yeah. I kind of lost the, lost the thread, but yeah. Um, yeah. I still love them. And this record is uh, a great example of sort of a band making a conscious effort to yeah. take yeah. the next step. And um, after this, they signed to Warner Brothers and made a big st- another string of really good records. But I think this is a peak for me. Um, and it was really important because the record before this um, was kind of a disappointment. And um, I thought, well, they're kind of phoning it in now. And then they came out with this and it was like, oh, this blew my head off. So, yeah, great, right. let's go. And now this one was the first one that um, Dave... Fridman produced for them, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, they picked up um, um, Jonathan from Mercury Rev on guitar, and they well, they they'd been friends with him for a while, but um, he they kind of found each other again, and then he just started hanging out and writing songs with them, and then became a member of the band. And he he knew Dave from because they're all from that same area in upstate New York, and he said, "You gotta meet this guy," and you know, it was kind of an instant love affair with all of them um and dave offered them had a had a offer they couldn't refuse so to speak um to <laughs> record in a great recording facility for five dollars a day five dollars a day and it, and it turned out to be his senior thesis if you will or senior project right, i read that dave uh, Fridman. So that, it was that, a senior this thesis. record is That's dave Fridman's senior project wow. which is yeah. so we also were i was at in tallahassee for that period and that Flaming Lips show at the Down Under was um, quite uh, quite remarkable. He had, if no one's, if you've never seen a Flaming Lips show that's not quite like anything else you ever have seen before or going to see elsewhere. Yeah. There's self. They put on great shows. Yeah. There's or the, at the time there were fog machines, and he had all different sorts of light things going on. And as I and must have been maybe films going too. Do you remember that from that show? I just remember yeah. there was and he was controlling it all with his feet. <laughs> yeah, like, there were bubbles as well. Bubbles, bubbles. Yeah, right. they just yeah. have yeah. They're into putting on a show and they have a lot. I've seen them yeah. for someone that's kind of a casual fan. I've yeah. actually seen them a lot. I've did seen them like see four him times. At, did you see them out in at uh, in the Glades Road on the? They played at this amphitheater like yes, yes, yes at the amphitheater. Was, and, yeah, and it was. 
it was insane. Yeah, it, it was, was like, insane. Right. Yeah. And of course, my concern was there were these big balloons that were. It was like right out by the Everglades, and they were just the <laughs> wind was blowing the balloons, oh, and they were right. like going out. And I was like, who's going to go collect those balloons? You know, but whatever. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, it was an incredible show. We took our kids, and they were blown away. They yeah, liked- they're always. If, if you want to just take someone that you say, oh, you'll have a good time. If you don't know the band or anything, you don't you take need them to know anything about show, it. They'll have a it's good a time. spectacle. It's yeah. a total. And spectacle. Actually, no, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you, yeah, the you only thing would make me not see them now is just because the set list would probably be something I'm not that familiar with. Yeah, um, right. But it certainly would be a good show. I mean, there's there's no doubt about they it. They still do, and you know, it's funny because I I noticed I've noticed in the past like five to ten years, they've sort of uh, there's been a, a sort of a backlash against them for some people that just don't really think ah they kind of got I don't know maybe because they feel like they got too successful or they got too commercial or something or they just didn't like uh, Wayne Coyne but I feel like some people just sort of became too cool for the Flaming Lips yeah. well it, it's the U2 factor right it's the Bono wow. factor oh wait you know, it, I didn't know there was a Bono is there a Bono factor well, you know, he's kind of got this messianic <laughs> he does you know I am the, the you know center point thing and that's going to draw some criticism I mean oh, okay. he's kind of always had that right and that's what We'll get into it, but that's what this record is exactly about, really. Yeah, right. It is. I, I always imagine them. Well, I imagine them back in the in the late '80s, as they seemed like sort of a positive version of the butthole surfers. Like so. Oh yeah, yeah. that's good. That's <laughs> good. Positive buttholes. I like that. So yeah, there, there's a certain. Raggedness. They, were, they, were, they, were seri- they were clearly fans of the butthole surfers. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but uh, there's a certain. Raggedness to everything they do that I find appealing, and and Wayne Coyne, especially while he's not a, tr- a traditionally great singer, he seems to he really goes for it. And uh, I was thinking he reminds me of Neil Young a little, where yeah. he's got sort of this naked oh, yeah. beauty to his delivery, yeah. the way yeah. he delivers stuff, and he's not afraid to like his voice to crack, and you know, it's uh, so I. Uh, I like it. I'm a fan, and and I'm a fan of him because the the one thing uh, that I'm that I really love. I uh, I actually read uh, there's a book on them. I forget what it's called, but I, I read it a couple years ago. But the fact that he was a fry cook, like starting in 1977, he was a fry cook for Long John Silver's. Oh right, and he kept that job. <laughs> he would go back up until 1990. He was like when they'd yeah. come back from tour and stuff, he'd go back and he'd work there right he'd up till 1990, till this record. Yeah, goddamn man, get a job at a record store, or a bookstore, nope. or something. Long John. So no, they were so the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma and they're still Oklahoma City, yeah. They're yeah, still in Oklahoma so. City, and they're like sort of. Uh, I have another funny story. Uh, my daughters, well, uh, my daughters were driving across the uh, across the country. They were driving to California. My uh, my older daughter Corey uh, was moving to California then, or maybe Samantha was. They both live there now, but they went through Oklahoma City and they stayed at an Airbnb. And they were saying, "Oh, you know, we know Wayne Coyne lives here." And the lady goes, "Oh yeah, his house. It was around Halloween time." She said, "Oh, his house is like right over there." You should go by and look. They he probably got it decorated real good. Yep. So they drove by, and I guess him and his girlfriend were out putting Halloween decorations out. And they drove by a couple of times, and then finally he came up and he and he's like, "Hey, you know what? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're obviously stalking me." And then right. they talked to him a little, you know. and they took a picture with him. But I I, I I like the fact that they still live in Oklahoma City, and they you know they're uh, so they didn't all, go Hollywood. There's another. Tallahassee connection with them, which Rob and I were talking about, and I'm sure you you knew this, you know this too, Chris, was that uh, someone who has been discussed on the show rather frequently, um, Ron Berman, um, who worked for Student Campus Entertainment, and probably was responsible for the Flaming Lips coming to uh, FSU that time. Um, At least the first couple times he did, I think 87 and 88. Yeah. 
he was responsible right, for Right, he graduated. And he went to work yeah. for them. He actually went to... That's uh, right. And uh, worked for Michelle. And um, then we know what he did after that, what his claim to fame is. It's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Nickelback. You know, he discovered Nickelback, right? He discovered hey, Nickelback. Uh, Why would you be you, shy? You know, like as Ron likes to say, he smiles. He just smiles all the way to the bank. Yeah. True. But then, and, you know, uh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. it just allows him I to know. do whatever he wants to do. And Ron is a really good sort of self-taught artist. You know, he, I mean, he, he is. He's a great everything. folk artist. Yeah. Um, he, he's a painter. He's, you know, he's a really good dude. And I want to ask you about a, a Flaming Lips story that I remember, but I don't I remember about it, but I don't remember the details. And I, as you're a, a bigger fan than me, you would probably um, was they they had an incident where they were on tour and they came upon a, a terrible car wreck. Right? Mm-hmm. Does that sound? And that sort yeah, it's, of it's, it's it's in this record. It, that's what I thought because yeah, there's a song um, on this record where I go, I know what he's talking about there, and it's way more dark and intense than right. it seems. Um, and there were the basically all of everybody was dead. They yeah. Were just, and there was stuff all over. The, you know, it was one of those like David yeah. Lynch movie things. You know. Yeah. It's um. It's there you are is the song. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the whole so the whole record as a whole is kind of an existential like yeah. religious. Uh, Very much so. Pseudo religious. Uh, right. And I have some I have some theories about that too. Or just when, when listening to it, that uh, because the automatic assumption would be that when they're singing about Jesus, all these Jesus songs, that they're kind of making fun of it, mocking it. But I don't think he is per se. I really don't think he is. I think he's sort of, in a way, saying uh, maybe if, if they're not, if if, if 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 that's not particularly what they have faith in, or they don't really believe, but they still understand that some people take. Uh, a comfort in that and that they're not I, I don't I don't get a, a mocking tone uh, from it at least I don't get it so I don't know if it was intended or not no no I, I think that it. you know from a musical standpoint too um, you don't hear it like directly musically but it's, it's the spirit of it is this cathartic sort of gospel yes yeah, yeah. which you, is you, their you, thing you know, right you don't believe in God to enjoy gospel music. If you go see a gospel show, oh yeah, exactly. I love the hell you, Jackson, is, but is you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, you just don't like the whole Jesus stuff, right? Yeah. Well, you got your own issues. I'm not, with that, I'm not Barry. coming back. I'm not coming back. Yeah, right. I grew up in the Southern Baptist Church, yes. and uh, yes, you got your own hangups. You can uh, frighten me with the words uh, "vacation Bible school" and um, <laughs> "tent revival," which meant that you had to go to church every day of the week every night and not and go outdoors Ugh. under a tent in florida in the summertime oh jesus christ there you go yeah he wasn't there he never <laughs> showed up just oddly enough but um so chris no. they, passed you know the offering, they passed the offering Sorry. plate nonetheless do you know why do, do you know why they called uh, the record uh, in a priest this one in a priest driven ambulance you know, I knew you were going to ask that, and, and I did used to know, but I couldn't find it again. I on found the, um, all right. I found it. I, I'm going to I'm going to bail you out on this one. And <laughs> Wayne, he, yeah, he, he gave a story behind the album title. He said, "I definitely uh, use the ambulance driver as a metaphor. It stands for the kind of the panic that seems to always motivate us at the eleventh hour." I've said that the Flaming Lips never arrive by limousine. We always arrive by ambulance. <laughs> it's like there we are at the last fucking possible minute. I like that idea of get out of the fucking way. Here we are. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, well, the yeah. full name of the and you know the full name of the record is in a priest-driven ambulance with silver Sun- shining sta- well, stairs. Silver oh, sunshine yeah, right, stairs. Right, yeah. Silver sunshine stairs. Right. Stairs. Not. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia. Yes. 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 
Yeah, and I mean, clearly, well, listen, I mean, I don't want to go into the drug thing too deeply on this record as we did last time down the rabbit hole, but clearly the Flaming Lips are synonymous with that sort of lysergic yeah, uh, I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and it, uh, it informs yeah. their art. They 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 don't you know, come across as uh as you know what was the I think oh it, it was the the grifters was the LSD thing as well. We it uh, was yeah we yeah, yeah, LSD right. seems to make an appearance a lot, a lot yeah, of uh, records. And, and, we I, do. and I probably just not a theme, but you know it, you know it's not like I'm some you know it's advocate there. for LSD, but all right. So musically, I, it seems yeah I, I am drawn to bands that have that. Uh, Oh, okay. Like well, probably yeah. just a coincidence, Chris. All <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll do, we'll do a hardcore record next time. So uh, we, uh, yeah. so besides, we said uh, Wayne Coyne, Michael Ivans. Is it Ivans or Ivans? Michael Ivans. Ivans. Okay. Uh, they're there. They've they've been throughout the members. But uh, Jonathan uh, Donahue only uh, did like two records with them before going back to Mercury Rev, and then they eventually got Stephen uh, Drozd, uh, who's who's awesome. I think he's great. He's like a mul- he came in as a drummer, but he plays basically everything now. Yeah, and um, oh, he's an incredible musician. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's super talented. And then uh, yeah, like I said, David Fridman ended up working with him like. Uh, right. Yeah, on, like all the records. Although on this, on this record, after Richard English left, they got Nathan Roberts to drum. Yes, yes, yes. Right, right. So he's the drummer on this record, um, and we'll, we'll we'll hear a song later that talks about Nathan's inability oh, to keep. Yeah, he was yeah, a really right. good drummer, but he was he was very uh, he sped up a lot, so they had to do some things in the studio. To, right. Especially when he drank too much coffee, air quotes, coffee. Um, all right, yeah. so let's, uh, let's get into the first song here. Let's listen to the opening track, Shine On, Sweet Jesus. but the drums sound really great and that's how you can tell a band is really trying to take it to the next level yeah it's the when drums they do sound great a lot on of this time record, making yeah. the drums sound good and they sound fantastic and uh you know that's uh the rhythm section yeah for the most part i mean um 
the three records prior to this, I mean, the songs are pretty straightforward. There's some effects and some little tricks and stuff that they try, but not as successfully on, as on this record. I mean, right. the backing vocals on, on this track, you know, are oh, yeah. something that they, they carry out for the rest of all of their records, the kind of weird little trickery. Yeah, and that's Dave's that's background vocals, yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then lyrically, I think they, I mean, they're never going to be known as like the most astute, but I mean, cause they're, they're, they're not trying to be obscure, but they have this kind of built in obscurity or Wayne, I should say does. He doesn't really, he doesn't want to like paint you a picture. He, he wants doesn't you to, think to spell about everything it, right? out. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you have to yeah. guess what's going on. But there is a directness to the, a lot of the lyrics on this record, not all the songs, but a lot of the, and, and then this one is, I mean, you don't really have to decipher it too much and he kind of says it but i love the opening line i, I just I mean, right away like waiting for my ride jesus is floating outside you know like it's just beautiful i mean it's just right the image is right there yeah. like right yes. yeah and slightly psychedelic as, yeah. as oh, yeah. you might right. as yes um and and yeah that's what i was saying because when he sings about people feeling uh that some i think he's just saying some people feel lost or asleep when he says that your, your blankets covered me while i was still asleep and I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily looking at it as a, as a slam against religion. He's just saying, you know, some people need Jesus as a blanket. And it's more kind you know, of matter of fact, well, think, you know? I think if you, if you take a, per, if, you, if you, you know, draw it back to his personal experience, he's saying, you know, while I was a young man or I was a kid, I was a little kid, um, I wasn't fully aware. I wasn't fully awake of what I believed. Yeah. And, and I was, I was indoctrinated into religion and told this is, you know, this is what, it, you know, the world is. And I think that's kind of what he's saying more. Oh, okay, okay. Did You're he, did he right. uh, grow up in the uh, one of the uh, Pentecostal religions? Uh, I couldn't tell you that, but I mean, he definitely says religion was part of his life as a young person. Okay, um, believing in God and believing in Jesus and that sort of thing was was something that they were taught. Okay, right. Yeah, just like me. Yeah, just like you know. <laughs> but his and then, question, you know, he said at seventeen. At age 17 is when he, you know, disavowed his belief in yeah. God, he, basically. He, he did, but um, then... But uh, he was always still searching for right, right. something to believe in. Right, because his thing was, well, if you say, oh, I don't believe, but then he says, well, then the question is, well, what do you what believe, do you believe in, in there, yeah. you know? Uh, right. Yeah, so it's, it's that searching thing. Now, do you guys hear the melody to uh, Jackie to Shannon's uh, Put a Little Love in Your Heart in the verses? Oh, yeah. Put a Little Love in Your Heart. And also, Band-Aids, when he goes, um, uh, uh, While I'm still myself, your blankets covered me. That's uh, Band-Aids. Uh, do they know it's Christmas? Oh. <laughs> so he's, li- <laughs> he's lifting some little melodies right, from other yeah, things. Yeah, maybe not purposely, real. maybe not. But I, I just picked it's those there. two. Out. It's there. It's there. It is there. Absolutely. Yeah, and once you hear it, you can't unhear it. But uh, still, a great opening track. Yeah. Definitely throb. It's got that throbbing. They got that throbbing yeah. sound. That Yeah, Barry, you're right. No matter how the guitars are distorted and they make them sound, you've got the drums in there, drums which make great. it sound huge yeah. and great. You can do, you know, you can, once the rhythm track is good, you can put all kinds of stuff in there. But yeah. if, the, well, if the drummer sucks or the drums sound like shit, you know, it's going to be problems. All right, so now I mean, throughout this record, the bass and the drums are really locked in. Yes, yes yeah, it's they are definitely sound great, and that's a hallmark of if you if you go to any record that Dave Fridman produced, you know, Beyond the Flaming Lips, um, that's a hallmark of his. He's got yes. that, 
Yeah. Well, you know, Barry Dave Big Fridman down. produced our friend Sam Fogarino's last, the last Interpol album, I, Dave Fridman. I thought oh, yeah. that name sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's get in the uh, track number two. Let's listen to Unconsciously Screaming. I wonder if our friends, our good friends, the Jacuzzi Boys, are fans of this. Because this doesn't this sound like a Jacuzzi Boys it, song. It, it, <laughs> it does. I gotta say, I, I was trying to figure out. God damn, who? I was trying to figure out who Wayne Coyne was imitating, and I realized what you're talking about right, is, right. <laughs> is Gabriel Alcala is <laughs> is channeling Wayne Coyne yes. because it's right there right. in your face and. Gabe, we love you, buddy. Want you come on the show? Talk about a record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, I can't figure out who Wayne Coyne is. Uh, is uh, no, I, I kept thinking, know. who's he channeling? But you know, and there are some really, really great guitar sounds. Oh yeah, on so good. This and it what substitutes for his voice in the center channel when he, you know, there's these incredible psychedelic guitar sounds and playing. It's really, really great. Sounds. It's just. Uh, well, uh, well, I mean, well, Jonathan. I mean, you know, you should do somebody should do a Mercury Rev record as well someday. But Jonathan really inspired the making of this record. Inspired these guys as musicians. To, right. I mean, right. They, were, they, they were playing as a two piece prior to hooking up with Jonathan again. Oh, right. Because, and, and like using tapes and stuff, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. They, had, they had lost Richard English and they were just sort of drifting. Right. And he, I mean, he just came in and just, you know, not only put life into the project but just gave it his all and gave so much creativity to this record i mean those guitar sounds are so much about him as a musician but also you know his ability to work with dave and work with the producer and um get the most out of that uh right you know that studio yeah yeah, well, I read, he's, he's really he's really amazing. He is. I I read something. Uh, purportedly, this was the most reworked so- song they've ever done because supposedly they went over two hundred remixes of it until, until yeah, really. they were happy. Well, with it. whatever. That's what I read. Happened, yeah. it, it worked because that when that thing kicks in right after you know yeah yeah it's yeah. just like it's wow what an incredible sound it's like a bomb yeah i've always you know yeah. every time that i play this song on the radio or just anywhere i'm i'm i mean i've been out djing at clubs or whatever and played this song and people just go whoa, whoa what the hell <laughs> i mean it that? really it really kicks in yeah i mean i mean you know if we want to talk about the lyrics a little bit um i mean it's pretty again pretty straightforward i mean they are seeking something that is 
out there that to believe yeah, in. They're, right, they're right. searching for that thing. Um, you know, seeing the unseeable and filling yeah. down the void. Um, and then I've always thought, and I could be wrong, but I always thought this reference harkens back to another song later on um, where they, they, they talked a lot in interviews about their struggle with being sort of labeled these hippies right? because they did light shows and they're psychedelic and, yeah. um, and they weren't quite as insane as the bottle surfers, you know, in that yeah, sense. No, they didn't have that genuine insanity. That terror danger. where you'd be terrified. Yeah, the danger, the danger. <laughs> terror of like, I don't know um, what the fuck is going but, on here. But they were punk rock, you know, they, yes. they grew up listening to punk rock. And so they kind of just were always sort of at odds with, yeah, the, I don't. The I, I, uniformity I of, of, of punks, and the, and yeah. the, you know they didn't really. Yeah, and yeah. they're not really, but they're not really hippies either. If you, you know, I remember no, seeing them. It's just they, um, you know, and they're from <laughs> Oklahoma, which is a really weird place to be from. Um, <laughs> right. And be this as, kind of band. And be this kind of band. You got to figure these guys were. You know, they had you know high school. We're, we're be, freaks. Uh, they they were, were the freaks, freaks there. What's not? Yeah, but not so. necessarily hippie freaks. Just no, the freaks. just freaks, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, like any any. I mean, they're not from a small town, but but any town, you know, where there's not a lot going on, or maybe not a lot of culture. I mean, yeah. what what is the common denominator that seeps into youth culture? Right. Well, he was a fry chef at Long John Silver. So, <laughs> drugs I mean, and music, yeah, right? Drugs exactly. and music, yeah, for that's sure. <laughs> and, so, bad, I mean, and bad well, jobs. I was a fry cook. I know what that's like. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right? <laughs> All right. So, I was a fry cook at Walt Disney World. So, <laughs> this next one, yeah, I think, again, I think there is a lot of that. I, I, I think you're right, Chris. A lot of, like, seeking uh, in this record. And that's why, that's why it has that uh, religious, you know, bent yep. to it. Uh, let's listen to track three. It's Raining Babies. Those drums are huge. All right, I got a name for you. When when he's singing in this, I got a I I got a name for you. I'm gonna drop Ian Hunter, Mop the Hoople. He sounds oh, okay. That's like good. Yeah. he's the way he sings at the top of his range. Yes, he's top of his range, and then a little talk singing sometimes. Yeah, it's, that's good. There's, there's, that's good. There's, there's, there's a Mop the Hoople fan there in you there. Go. That makes sense. What do you think, Chris? Oh my God, Chris passed out. <laughs> Chris. 
Did we really lose Chris? I don't know, man. <laughs> we did. He's there. I see messenger audio, but... Hey, sorry about that. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm back. You all right? Yeah. We, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I had a, had a little cough. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Did you hear what? Did you hear all the jive that I was throwing down? I, I heard. I heard everything. I heard the the Mata Hoople and yeah. Okay. I, good. I, who's not a fan of Mata Hoople? Yeah, seriously. Barry was yeah. waiting for you to go. Ooh, good. <laughs> I was looking for yeah. some. Yeah, right. I was looking for some validation. Yeah, I gave him some, <laughs> you know, but it's not as good. I'm sitting, there, for me. I'm sitting there. Okay, I hear you. Yeah, I hear don't, you. Don't harsh uh, my mellow. <laughs> so I had a name. I had a name as well to throw out, but it's not. Uh, in relation to his voice or how he sings, but the theme of the... Did anybody get a Jim Jones vibe off of this song? Oh, right, right, Well, no, right. I get a Jim Jones vibe off of Wayne Coyne. In, well, in, especially now, but... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's there. He does that messianic but, thing. Yeah, but I think this is the first appearance of that. Yeah, well, he's talking about spreading... The, he's getting his inspiration, but he's spreading yeah. it all over the world. He wants to yeah, spread right. it all over the world. Yeah. I want you to take it, Rob. Right. <laughs> all right. Right. I don't know if I want to take it all right now. Yeah. All right. Just Rob's not down. going for it. He's not. He's not going to buy into any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the one, the one nod uh, that's um, to sort of a personal experience. That it's raining babies from down, down in the sky. Tiny drops on my windshield. I mean, that's another clearly like hallucinogenic. Of course. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, driving. So, I mean, driving he throws things like took, that in there. That took just some, kind of dosed fit. himself and got in the car and drove around. And that's nice. Bringing. That's nice imagery right there, though. I like it. That. It is that's good. I, I would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, it reminds me of those. Um, no one wants that. Videos are on YouTube a few years back of um, people. What's the uh, what's the thing that they smoke? It's a sal- salvia. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Remember the Salvia videos? And there's a Salvia video. Some guys sitting in the front seat of their Stevia? car. Oh, no. Salvia. Oh, yeah. Salvia. Stevie's a sweetener. Salvia's the sweetener. There's some guys sitting in, their, sitting in the front seat of their car in the garage smoking Salvia. And the cat jumps on the windshield and they absolutely lose their fucking minds. <laughs> it's sort of amazing. It's but raining it, cats. It would also make you go, I don't know. I would never, ever, ever, ever do that drug right no, there. No. no. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. All right. So let's take a little break. Let's let Chris, if Chris has to go into another coughing break or something, we'll <laughs> yeah. refill our drinks. Uh, we'll be back. We're talking more uh, Flaming Lips with Chris White. We'll be back in a minute. Is this tomorrow is a traveler from another dimension? Briefly passing through our realm to pick up some cigarettes and a regional southern pastry called Moon Pies. Is this tomorrow is the sponsor of our show that record got me. I is this tomorrow is a weekly web comic. Available it is this tomorrow.com. Is this tomorrow is a traveler from another dimension? Briefly passing through our realm to pick up some cigarettes and a regional southern pastry called Moon Pies. Is this tomorrow is a sponsor of our show that record got me. Hi, is this tomorrow is a weekly web comic. Available it is this tomorrow.com. Is this tomorrow is a traveler from another dimension? Briefly passing through our realm to pick up some cigarettes and a regional southern pastry called Moon Pies. Is this tomorrow is the sponsor of our show at record.me. 
But you, but I would you you Barry could easily pass for a, a southern Jew though. Soaked in that yeah, for so he, long, he did. Like and you also kvetch a lot. You also kvetch a lot. Yeah, I know the <laughs> I know the conventional means of complaining. <laughs> That's right. All right, we should do this album. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right, we are back. This is that record got me high. We're talking to Chris White about. Flaming Lips in a Priest-Driven Ambulance. Uh, we're up to song number four, and it's time to uh, take me to Mars. build with the guitars they're just like just sort of hovering there in right, the background right, you got that drum and bass that, groove right, yeah that's well you know the basis of this song did you read about that rob no so i this did is, not what is it this is can's mushroom head oh, oh yeah now so that makes motor, total, it does have like a motor it, it, like it, a slowed exact, down motor it, it, thing. It, it, the claim it's, it's, is that michael and wayne were played a can record and they heard mushroom head and they were really they can buy it. Well, they only heard it once, and then they went into the studio, and Michael was just playing around with the bass, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that song. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, the way it sort the, of the, falls apart, the, you know, the, the, drum, the, the drums kind of drop out, and he picks it back up. Yep. That, that's kind of the opposite of, you know, crowd rock, motoric. Right. You know, <laughs> Jackie Liebeside, once he starts playing the beat, it's like, it's just like, it just goes, you know, the can song. Right. is going to... And but it that is your absolute that is perfect. It is um, uh, off of uh, Tagomago, right? That song, right? Yeah, and, wow. And yeah, and, and you know, and, and the interesting part for me was that they were reissuing all those Can records for the first time on mute 
right around that same time. There so it's just kind of like, yeah, he, somebody, yeah. And he's singing a little bit like maybe like Damo Suzuki a little bit there on there as well. Um, so that's very cool, actually. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and the lyrics on this one, are, they're not, I wouldn't call them throwaway, but they're, you know, he definitely is trying to just, they were so, I think, enamored with the fact that they kind of laid down this cool <laughs> yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. They just put some words yeah, on it. Yeah. Right, um, sure. You know, but it sort, of, it sort of fits in thematically with like, you know, the search for the universe, you know. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe cool. on Mars. Maybe we'll find the answer on Mars. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly right. Right. All right, so now we get uh, this. The, this next one is this, the sad... Epic of a song. Let's listen to. Yeah, this 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 to me is the showcase of the record. I mean, this I, is the center yeah, of the heart. It, it really of the is, record. and kind of dare I say, uh, a Dylan esque. Yeah. Well, let's listen to uh, Five Stop Mother Superior Rain. I was born the day the shot JFK. Way you look at me sucks me down the sidewalk. Somebody, please tell this machine I'm not a machine. That I'm not a machine. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. That's yeah. uh, like that's existence in a nutshell, right there. That's right. right. Well, I mean, it's fighting, you know, right? Fighting against, um, you know, feeling helpless against, you know, the world and and everything, technology and everything. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so I mean, there's a lot, so much to unpack in this song, and you know, it's one of those things like. If I had to pick a song for you to play the whole song, this would be the one. Yeah, yeah. This is a great, really, this is great tune. I mean, it's in, it's in three parts. You know, he's talking about, well, you know, the first line is, I was born the day that shot JFK. And then uh, in verse two, he says, I was born the day they shot John, John Lennon's Lennon. brain. Yeah. And then in verse three, I was born the day they shot a hole in the Jesus egg. So he, this is something that Wayne likes to do. He, he has three parts to songs. The mountainside, I think, is later on has the same thing. It's got, it's got three. A right, right, yeah things we're describing <clears throat> excuse me and uh, uh, and th- uh, you know I feel like there's been some criticism of Wayne again like this is sort of like that messianic thing like I'm replacing you know these icons JFK John Lennon Jesus you know <laughs> um, with myself but you know I always thought it about thought thought of it as you know when these people 
these icons sort of disappear from your life. I mean, it's not that they, their influence disappears on you, but it gives you an opportunity to get out of their shadow and kind of create yourself. And it's it's uh, poignant to me. I mean, this, those. I mean, JFK is you know looms large over this country for so many years. And if you were born at a certain time, yeah. I mean, I can remember even when I was you know a kid like people still talked about where they were when they heard the jfk dot you know that right. kind of thing it was still yeah. very much in even the 70s and 80s um and of course john lennon is you yeah. know universal as well and then um you know the the taking it back to you know the finally the final verse is poignant that you know they, they he chooses jesus as the last verse even though he claims he doesn't really understand he really doesn't know what that means shot a hole in the jesus egg yeah it's just such an incredible image you know incredible imagery and um you know just kind of describes his his mental state when he sort of decided like okay this is just all not bullshit but not fact correct well you he's know, like, like what's the point religion, Cause he, right because he says it's not factual. what does free will what does free will have to do with it all Right. Like he's asking that, what does that have to do with all? And he's and uh, I love. He says you can't cry, but it really don't matter. You end up crying anyway. <laughs> right. And, and you're fucked and if you do, and you're fucked if like you, you don't. Yeah. Dylan thing. Yes. Right. 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 Yeah. That's why I said. That. Right. Yeah. It, it, you know, and then you know, there's a couple of the things in the song that really get my attention. You know, the the hands are in the air, and that's and that's where they always are. You know, he's just he's not fighting. You know, he's not fighting anybody. He, he doesn't want to. You know, he doesn't want the conflict. You know, he's like, okay, you know, I, I surrender. I surrender. Uh, right, 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 right. Yeah. And then uh, um, the part about in the John Lennon verse where he says, and all my smiles are getting in the hate generation's way. Again, that harkens back to sort of the conflict between punks and, yeah. the, and the, you know, and his experience, um, you know, not being, not having that uniform, like we're going to, you know, be you know, gonna hate everything and you know yeah. he was a he was a he, not a hippie but like he definitely leaned that way more than he leaned the other way we're gonna wear bright colors and we're gonna and we're gonna like have a, we're gonna dress up and and yeah, wear a crazy like, stage show that's yeah, like yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. everyone's so gonna have a real good time we now. had a yeah. we, the, the uh the damned episode the uniformity of the punk um movement or how it got to be it went from you can do anything you want to this is what punk rock is and this is yeah, what dude, it's going to be. that's not punk. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So so, what, so when I was out of commission, you know, I I, I missed about four episodes. And um, I... Uh, well, if you, you know, if you listen to the King Crimson episode, you should probably go through and make some incredibly unpleasant comment about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah to, to couple, join the club. I have a couple that I'll, that I'll just save for SoundCloud and not, not here. <laughs> um but you'd think I was, you know, all that free time I was would just be able to listen, but I couldn't physically concentrate enough to listen yeah. to the show. Yeah. It was very weird, and um, so I've had to go play play catch up. So I've listened to a lot of you guys in the last week or so. Oh God, poor um, guy. And the damned episode, the damned episode was phenomenal. I mean, just I like think, oh, I, I gotta so say, and really great. And it's thank Mark Williams too because I, I when I was mixing it, I got to a point in it where. I thought, yeah, this is one of the best episodes we've done. And I'm not yeah. exactly... Mark brought so much to the table, and it's such a good record. I love the, that record so much. And, but uh, this is a great record, too. So let's, uh, No, this let's, is a great record, uh, too, really, actually. And, yes. uh, and actually, I will say, Chris, this was one that wasn't really on my radar with them, because I came, I came to know them... Um, 
Soft Bolton, I think, was the yeah. first. I mean, I knew a Flaming sure. Lips because I knew well, from. Uh, yeah. She don't use jelly when that song. Remember that? Right. That was like a sort of a breakout college hit, at least. So it I knew was, him from then. Definitely. But uh, yeah, well, I think this, it even went further than that. Yeah, yeah. But this record uh, was a revelation for me this week. Listening to it, I'm going, oh <laughs> me my too, god, because yeah, I was, was the same way. Where I sort of lost track of them. <clears throat> pardon me. And then I bought the softball and in whatever '97 we had just moved here, and I was like, wow, this is. We listened to the shit out of that record. Yeah. And uh, that was sort of a. Um, he had. He sort of. Regrouped everything again and yeah. reinvented. You know, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between this record and that record. I, I think I would so. Say, I, I, I agree. Now, Chris, it's a reinvention. It's it's we're gonna get a, we're gonna decide to go in a different direction. We're gonna change our production values. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, yeah. We're gonna really make something. And and even lyrically, I think there's just this search. You know, this kind of you know yeah, wanting sure. the next thing, wanting to understand more about the you know life and what it means and um i, I always connect these two records honestly those are two yep. like you didn't happen to go to parts. the colorado that show at red rocks with the orchestra no but i did see them uh on new year's eve open for wilco at madison square garden oh and, nice okay that's a good one too but i went yeah me uh, and my, that's uh, the last time i saw them in, in uh that was 2005 wow. i want to say oh okay that's a ways back yeah I, I went to that show. Yeah. I, I, I went to the one at uh, at Red Rocks with the. Uh, um, oh, you did! Wow, I did amazing. go. Yeah, with my family, we went there. And the it was amazing. Yeah, it was great. In less than a minute. Yeah, that's my bucket, one of my bucket lists is to see something at Red Rocks. You know. Oh, yeah. it was I, it was the first show I ever band. saw there, and that place is amazing. I would recommend anyone just go see yeah. a band there. There's an old, my phone alarm's yeah. going to go off and tell me to start the dishwasher in about thirty seconds. So just <laughs> brace yourselves for when that happens. Looking forward to that. <laughs> Put in the Looking show. There forward. it is. All right, so now we get to another another understated and vaguely ominous one, I think. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Stand in Line. Walking around this part of town 
There's some very, very, um, he's obviously been disturbed by something, you know, before the, the, and we, we talked about the car wreck, um, that they witnessed or they came upon. And, you know, you, when you end up with that imagery of, <laughs> you know, the dead people, dead men standing in line at the cemetery and no well, it's, it's, ten, it's 10 men not dead men oh it's 10 men oh 10 men well i heard it wrong man so i guess yeah, I know it starts I, out 10 men stand in line and then 10 men stand in line yeah 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 and and but i always heard it as dead men too when i first because you know in 90 you didn't you know, there was no lyrics and we then, couldn't google them right there was no google <laughs> no, that's right yeah well, yeah so i heard it always heard it as dead men too so when I started doing research for the thing, it was a nice, it was a, well, not a nice surprise. It was a surprise. Like, oh, oh, hey, man. Oh, okay. Well, you know, and I think a couple things on this one. Well, if you're standing um, in line at the it, cemetery still. <laughs> sure. It's, well, uh, absolutely. It makes so, perfect sense. Why wouldn't you think it's dead men? Right. Exactly. And, um, well, also the, in the standing in line, but they're not bringing any babies out to play today. So he's, it's, it's, um, this is a song by someone who's been, smacked around a little bit by uh, circumstances um, beyond his control. And I think saying stand, you know, the whole thing stand in line, you know, uh, conjures up people, this conformity, uniformity, yeah. uh, you, you know, standing in line, waiting for something to happen, letting the world, you know, not, a, you know, doing the same thing every day. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so, you know, that's against kind of what this whole, their whole, you know, journey yeah. If you will, I hate using that word, but it's about. Um, yeah. I'm going to switch on this. And I love the, the last line, or the last verse, rather. It's a 10 minutes in line waiting for some personality to be put on, the, put out on the corner. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Today is yeah, not garbage waiting day. waiting for somebody to come save you. Some personality, right? Some cult of personality to come save you. And yeah. today ain't garbage yeah. day. Ain't no garbage taken today. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're trying to respect it, but you know, there's little things where they're saying, Look, you know, you need to wake up. This is not real. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, it is real, he also it, it doesn't real, know what people. to tell you. He also doesn't know how to tell you how to find what is real. He knows this is not it, but he doesn't know how to tell you to get to it. Right. He's in the right. same spot. He's in the I have figured out that this is bullshit spot. I have not figured out how to get to what is not bullshit. Well, the next three songs. Well, next four songs, the rest of the record really is about that exact thing. Um, so it'd be, it's interesting, you know, that he kind of leads into it in here with that. Um, if I'm not, Stand in Line is the f- first song on, the, on side two. Is that right? Well, I don't know. I, I actually was yeah, looking well, at the, the, the CD and the thing. Bra- and the brain side. Smile side ends with five stop Mother Superior. Uh, brain, okay, okay. Stand line. So, it, you know, he's they're, they're really... Are ramping up to, to really pound this idea home. Um, uh, you know, the sequencing of this record is really, really good. Oh yeah, it uh, is. It, it it definitely makes it more like feel like a concept, like yeah, a concept yeah. record. Um, all right, all right. So this uh, this next one is supposedly the one where uh, Nathan Roberts was like sort of hopped up on caffeine right. uh, and and played it too fast, and they actually had to they ended up slowing down the the playback and doing the vocals over it that uh, way. Okay, uh, but let's listen to a little bit of God Walks Among Us Now.
think that can record might have uh it's got Reappeared. that it's got that Jackie Liebeside backbeat going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they uh they definitely they revisited it not uh not not straight uh, imitation but no no uh, no no but just that 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 particular rhythm is uh right. and also talking about being uh molecules you know and, and that's something that makes people really uncomfortable when you when you start talking about the fact that if that you want stardust yeah or if you go on if you go on youtube and you can watch there's some animations um that they've done of how cells work and how mm-hmm. and they're very fucking terrifying and bizarre like how di- how does dna how does your cell create new dna and there are these animations and you watch it and you go okay that's you know but it's going on inside of you right now and yeah sure. it's millions, fairly ruthless is millions and millions yeah. of times and you have no control yeah. over it yeah so you know so that's why I, I, that's forth. why i don't take psychedelic drugs is because stuff like that gets to me without needing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's why we stopped yeah exactly uh, yeah um yeah i mean i always go back and forth sort of you know what he's talking about here you know whether he's he's struggling with believing in god and you know obviously he's rejected religion and you know struggling going back from this universe thing to believe in god and it used to be all right but things got strange what what got strange he got strange yeah. that he had this clarity or he got str- or, or god is str- or religion is strange I, you know i never know what or, he's but maybe, well, the, you know the title of the song god walks among us now you could see where again the messianic people could take that as being oh the punchline of the song is oh <laughs> wayne's wayne's come to lead us all <laughs> but i don't yeah. think I, I don't think he's doing that i, I, don't, I don't think, think he's, he's doing that, that either but no. you could see how you could reach that conclusion yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think they're talking about more of a personal feeling about you know that feeling of believing in something gets inside you yeah. and it definitely warps everything you think of think, it sure does you, yeah you know, but but, um, but still i still don't get that he's that he's necessarily no. mocking it you know i, totally, I don't totally think he's observing yeah, this is, that this is, a, this is how the process works this is a personal con- inner conflict right yeah. right right, yeah. right yeah yeah but you know how does it feel to be falling apart sinking from the bottom down is like that's you know no, you're at the bottom already, and you're still sinking down. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, how low can heavy. you go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, death row. What a brother, no. Yes. Um, and now it gets so so. Yeah, definitely. As now this, it gets dark. Now it gets dark. Yeah, it gets uh, really. Yeah, this bleak. is the song. This next one. Yeah, this is the one where I went. Oh, this is where they drove up and found the, you know, the bodies mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah, let's listen to a little bit of "There You Are." I'll see you Tuesday. Right then. Now it's dark. Let's fuck! I'll fuck anything that moves!
there you are And you stand in the rain And the rain fills your brain And it makes you think that God Was fucked up When he made this town There you stand With your bleeding hands And you don't understand Why you work so goddamn hard To be Anything at all crickets like oh good uh, you can, i couldn't i couldn't hear it on this end oh, i was no, yeah you can definitely we're talking about yeah. yeah we want to talk about that so this is actually recorded on the side of the highway yeah and the all those ambient sounds are really traffic and oh crickets. really oh yeah. that's cool yeah, yeah. and yeah. i um the thing that the musically the thing that hit me about this was there's an um nick drake vibe to the way the guitar is being played in this uh, and the way the vocal, the voice, and the and the guitar interact oh, reminds okay. me of uh, you know, and those Nick Drake records had been reissued as well, not too long before that, and everybody was like, "Holy crap!" Discovering him, how yeah, have like, I how never amazing. heard this well, guy this before? The way, the way that they capture the sound quality on on this song in particular, especially for being recorded outside, I mean, it's so. You know, crisp and clear, and you can yeah. hear every every little detail. It's uh, you know, it's really phenomenal. All right, all right. So, Chris, um, what do you think the uh, the message of this song is, though? What do you think? Um, life is full. Of, life is shit. Life is right. you know. All right, life here. is meaningless. Okay, but this here's is only, my, all, all the things we're doing is meaningless. All right, you know, yeah. right. One day you're down the road, and the next day you're dead right. as fuck. The first, the whole. Uh, um, verses in this is that in the first half but once he's done singing once the sad narrator is done the music changes and it becomes yeah. pretty and like very and gorgeous like emotive so it's almost like redemption yeah I feel like it's yeah. almost like the music you he's get the, redemption yeah. at the end of the song he's when he not, shuts he's up he's not willing to let it be totally bleak yeah well, yeah because well, it lifts and, everything up at the end yeah well, and, and it leads into the next song, which is probably the most positive song on the record. It's even though it's right. it, it's twisted, you know, in that Wayne Coyne way. Right. It is 
um, Mountainside is, you know, essentially a love song. Essentially. It's a, yeah, it's a it, it is. Song, but, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so, it's, go ahead. It's a much more upbeat, you know, sort of positive, like, thing. Right. And yeah, so th- that's why I think it's sort of like, even though it does seem so bleak and everything, you have that, that pretty musical thing, which to me is like Redemption, and then it does go into the next song, Mountainside, which, listen to a little bit of Mountainside. This song kicks ass, by the way, but Barry, listen to it and mm. think of a, a, a Dinosaur Jr. song uh, slowed down, like a little oh. slower Dinosaur Jr. song. Yeah, there you go. All right, guitar but i'm also gonna throw in here that the the guitar sound and the drum beat are off the it's um ron and ron and scott ashton off the first stooges album. oh oh yeah definitely yeah. you hear some stooges it's like there it's too, um yeah. i want to be your it's the opening chords of i want to be your dog and it's got that that backbeat which is you know maybe jackie liebenside and also rock ashton um, but then, okay, well, of course, well, yeah, there's definitely Jay Mascus. Like, you go, and Jay, yeah, he was the one of those theme, guys. With that, the theme of it, too, though, because it's about the, the painfulness of love. And yeah. that's, uh, Jay, that's all he sang about. Yeah, yeah of <laughs> course. Yeah. I mean, Jay was one of those guitar players that sort of changed the landscape when everything, when he hit, you know? Well, I, I, you know, I don't know if Jonathan would admit his influence, you know, that, that influence or not. But, um, but he's this is such a Jonathan Donahue song. Yeah, you know from a, the influence of you know the guitar on it. Just he's just he just blankets this re- this song. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. Um, and this, you know, this and, get, the guitar playing on this record is is fantastic. It's a yeah. fantastic guitar record. Well, you know, it, it's just it's hard to you get lost in it because you're trying to pick out all the themes and everything, and and you yeah. can almost forget how good the guitar playing yeah, you know, yeah. and how, how, yeah. how creative it is. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, well, you know in the song, the title of the song, so it has little to do musically, I think, with this, what I'm about to say, but, um, you know, they toured with, uh, or they played some shows around this time with Jane's Addiction. Oh, and that I song, thought you were going to say that. That song, yeah. I think, inspired this in some way, yeah. um, especially seeing it live, which um, it was such a, 
I mean, say what you want about that band, but live, they were amazing during that period of the late 80s. Oh, yeah, oh, sure. They, they kicked ass. <laughs> you got to throw in South Florida native uh, Perry Bernstein of uh, <laughs> North Miami Beach uh, Senior High School is, is uh, Perry Farrell. I always just assumed he was a California kid. Nope. He came from <laughs> I here. I, didn't, I don't think I knew that either. He went to the same <laughs> high school as Susan. Oh, nice. That's great. That's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is a little factoid. Not really, you know. Yeah. It I don't think it has anything bearing on the song. No, as soon as you uh, were yeah, starting to say I, it, though, I, I, yeah, I see what you mean about the sort of, there's a certain James. There's an energy. Yeah, there's an energy there that Jane's Addiction had that this, and I, I just want... The Jane's Addiction energy was sort of more um, the grin that was, you can't stop grinning because you've done so much of some sort of drug um, <laughs> vibe, and it's got that feel to it, you know? Right, and again, this song is the one, is another one that Wayne breaks it down in three parts. You kind of got to, huh? you know... Go through the whole thing? Try, follow, it, follow it through, so he yeah. had different uh, ways of... Dying in your love, you know, plane crash, car ah, crash. Yeah, right, 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 and then, right. And then he's standing in a bathtub of love and dropping a with the toaster, with the electric toaster, toaster, toaster in yeah, the bathtub. Right. Yep. And it's you a, know, what a way, what a way to say I love you. Right, and it's a <laughs> and it's an appropriately apocalyptic like ending. Yeah. The when it ends, right. everything kind of falls apart and it gets like really noisy. It ends. And then, so it's like the ending, the apocalypse, and then you get the little sweet redemption at the end. What do we get? We get a little cover of, of what, a, what a wonderful... Well, world. let me just say one, one thing. So the, the mount, uh, each verse ends in dying, basically, or crashing. Uh, and, and I think in some ways, you know, you can see it as a love song, but you can also see it as a um, a submission to the universe. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. And I think that's kind of the, they're trying to mix those two things together to give it sort of, you know, a populist bent, but also like stay with the theme. Right. Like right. they're saying, you, you know, I give, I'm giving myself up to, you know, a very almost Buddhist sort of thing. You know, we're dying in yes. this spectacular way and, and giving up ourselves. So that's right. my take. <laughs> that, no, that's good. Then, I, yes. think you're, I think you're and correct. Then, and, and then, then yeah, and then it goes, a right. song, so in my opinion, this song is, the song is so great that it's almost impossible to do a bad version of it because this song is so well, they, great. They mess with the chords a little bit. They do, but uh, it's still great. Let's listen to Oh, they didn't know the chords. Ah! <laughs> no explanation. As they went through it, Dave, Dave Fridman actually was quoted somewhere as saying, you know you're doing it wrong. Oh, uh, God. Uh, and they're like, oh, shut up. And they were like, yeah, so... <laughs> All right, let's listen to What a Wonderful World. That's, that's sort of the point. I see trees are green And red roses too I see them bloom For me and you And I think to myself, think to myself, to myself what a wonderful world I see skies are blue And clouds are white The bright blessed days 
dark sacred nights And I think to myself What a wonderful world The colors of the rainbow are so pretty in the sky It's also on the faces of people going by I see friends So I'm gonna say that he's being a little snarky in this version of What a Wonderful World. The way they did it and the chords, I think that he's he's doing an Andy Kaufman routine where he is going to not let you know. Probably, but that's kind of his whole shtick, though, when you think about it. It really is. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah. He's Andy Kaufman. Is he or isn't he? I think I felt the same way when I first heard it because I was like, well, you know, what a kind of square cover but yeah as of age i feel i feel there's a lot of sincerity in this and the idea again that they're going to go against the grain and say hey we really we really like this song it's like rob said it's you know it's a timeless not you know song they want to kind of frame themselves sort of in that thing and it really does speak to exactly the theme of the record and theme of what they were going through at the time I mean, true. You know, it has that true, quality, true. quality to it. Yeah, I mean, they did get a lot of flack for for that cover, but really, you know, two years oh, later, oh, Nick really? Cave and Shane McGowan did a did a cover that people just you know adored for some reason and didn't give them flack for it. So <laughs> right, that's funny. Um, rotten it's teeth. kind of you gotta I feel, have rotten teeth. I feel like it's it's uh, it's uh, kind of a softball for them because when I saw this song and I figured, oh, it's probably the uh, you know the what a wonderful world. I, I could pretty much hear in my head how it was going to be before I even heard it. Yeah. How the Flaming Lips were well, going to do this song, you know? And, and, you know, and as the song progresses, they, they get farther and farther away from the actual song. Exactly, and they kind of just exactly. Of Which is like a Flaming Lips thing, yeah. yeah. But I think right. everyone... So, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, and it's so, I mean, it does transform into something else that I think is, you know, palatable for people that, that kind of thought it was this, like, uh, whatever, you know, like why not just you know do somewhere over the rainbow or something like you know like right. you know just sure. something ho- why, kind of hokey i don't know why um, people have a problem with it you know what i i love this song because my favorite version is uh, joey ramon this is like the last well, song joey ramon oh, sang yeah, this was right. on, a, on his yeah. posthumous and, solo album this was the last song that he did on there and it's such it's such a good every time i hear that his version of this song it just makes yeah. me tear up well, yeah. and there's nobody more sincere than Joey Ramone. That's exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why I can say I, I think that Wayne is being I Wayne. I think you're right. His tongue could be a little in the cheek, just, but maybe not. But maybe he's maybe it's he yeah, can't be totally sincere. I don't know. He's like me and Rob. He can't be totally sincere. Even when yeah, he, I think he kind of started out as, oh, what if we what if we did this, you know? And then yeah, and then right. as they kind of did it, it was like, yeah, oh. This is great, you know. Yeah. This is like we're we're really and then we're Dave really Fridman, and then Dave Fridman telling him, "No, guys, you know, <laughs> the guys aren't the chords." Well, and I don't, but I don't think he stopped them so much. He just no, told them, close you know, enough. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was kind of, and they even say like that's kind of one of his his strongest points is that he's like, "I'm not going to stop you." Yeah, <laughs> right, right. right. I mean, I'm all pointed yeah, out. Right. Pointed out. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, but uh, this was a really uh, cool. yeah, this was yeah, a really so great, a great uh, record. Great yeah. record, and, uh, and, 
yeah, like I said, not something that I that I even knew. I I never went backwards that much with Flaming Lips, and I'm, like I said, I'm a fan. I've seen him. Well, yeah, you will, you will never see a bad Flaming Lips well, show. This I is don't um, think. this is a record that I think um, I'm surprised is not. I, I it had the curse of being everything that had the curse of coming out right before grunge hit. Oh God! Right before Nevermind, yeah. Right before Nevermind, and the, the wave, the giant wave that crashed on the beach. It, of That's never true. mind that just sort of wiped out an entire <laughs> year or two of God music. God damn you, Kurt Cobain. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? It's like because you go, were... oh well, you know, it just it just got lost in this pocket right before think, that happened. Think about all the records that were on record company slates to be oh, recorded oh. or released that just got decimated right just like forget it nope 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 what, what, yeah forget like, it well, bringing those kids with the flannel obligated but they're not putting any money behind this right give me you a know, plane ticket to seattle <laughs> but uh but the flaming lips were able able to skirt all that i mean by being such a unique yeah, sound right and always kind of coming out with different things right and, um, I remember when they put out the Zurika four CD thing. I was going to mention. Oh that. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we yeah. got to see that in uh, in Austin for a South by Southwest. They did sort of a thing, but he also did before Zurika. There was a, uh, a the the boombox. Oh my god, I read right. about that. Yes. That sounded amazing. Yeah. So uh, we got to we got to see them do that in a car garage, a parking garage. Really? Yeah. With with Wayne conducting and. He had selected people to play the record, you know, in yes. uh, from their car stereos, and all at the same time, and it was just this insane. I mean, <laughs> right? I can't that say was it, the idea that everybody, but it was a lot these different fun. parts would be played yeah. from a different... Yes, it was. it's brilliant. That's great. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I give them a lot of credit for always, like you said, always well, they trying do new sort, things. Yeah, he, did ha- he does. They do. They are sort of a part. That's the thing. Of, okay, so what we can say about the Flaming Lips is that they sort of were a part of every... Separate from everything else that happened was the Flaming Lips. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During all of this, they had their own sort of... Sound their own sort of course, their own way of doing things. Wayne's, you know, and so they were able to persist through all of this in a way that other bands were not, um, by dint of the fact that they just had this their own. You know, they were not following the path of uh, uh, of uh, least resistance, where you know um, most bands would be. Yeah, you know. yeah, I know, and and they weren't. Um they weren't ever going to do that. There was just no way that that was their, that was their path to, to do that. And, you know, um, and I should, you know, uh, at this point in their career, they got a new manager and um, the brilliant Scott Booker, who is, you know, no, you know, Michelle, who previously managed them and booked them is no, I mean, she's an amazing talent too, right. but Scott really saw this career thing for them. Okay. That um, I think, you know, guided them and allowed them to, to, he really fought hard for him to be able to do all that stuff that they were doing. Wayne could finally uh, quit uh, Long John Silver's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, 1990, that's kind of when that's he quit, it. right? It well, is. Wayne, we're, Wayne, we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you. If, you have, if anything's going to work out, you know, we'll always have a spot we for you here. That is not an Oklahoma accent. That's a terrible <laughs> accent. No, I was doing Minnesota because Oklahoma, you know, I can't do Oklahoma, but Minnesota. 
sort of Cohen brothers, you know. All right, Chris, yeah. thank you, uh, thank you so much again for being on the My show. Pleasure. Always yeah, great. That was yes. fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, awesome. Next I'll, uh, week, I'll look forward to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Next week we have the Go Go's Beauty and the Beat, which they just there's, oh, there's a documentary, no, new Go Go's documentary ooh, that's really out now. Good. Oh, you docu- saw it already? Oh, yeah. I gotta see that before the next do- week. Go Go's Watch of Go Go's documentary. It is fantastic. All right, our guest. I'm gonna watch it right now. Do it, man. Betty, our guest, Betty Montavero, the great Betty Montavero drummer of uh, she played with Floor she played with Cavity uh, she's um, trying to think of the name of the band uh, she plays with now <laughs> get with Gavin we've drank we've been drinking so much here well Betty's great though um, what is the come on just I'll edit it in we, Holly I, Hunt Holly, Holly Hunt. Hunt there we go uh, and okay. then she actually has a new band which I definitely can't think of the name of but we'll talk about it. we're going to talk to her next week Wait, the Go-Go's Beauty and the Beat a band called Holly Hunt oh yeah yes. yeah they're awesome it's, well it's, Holly it's Hunt. Gavin and Betty Gavin and, and it's Betty. Very, it's an oral assault. You yeah. would like them. You would like them, Chris. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, an assault. Look that up yes. too. it's great. Um, all, all right, right. Hey, so thanks, guys, always a pleasure. No, thank you. Thank Don't you, forget thank uh, you, Chris. on Instagram, we're at that record got me high. On Facebook, where that record got me high, and also that Facebook group got me high. Yeah, man. And don't forget Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh and become a patron of the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening once again. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. Where that record got me high. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>